everyone, and welcome to a new episode of The Shell Formers. I'm your host, Darby Harn, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Sugu. How are we doing, Sugu? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, cold today. It is very um, not on the warm side of things outside, but that's okay. Yeah, over here, it's really cold and rainy, and yeah, we don't get snow over here, but it's just really poor rain. I did see uh, last week we were talking about um, last week the week before I was talking about my friend Tyler who lives in Japan also and then the, they ended up with six feet of snow. That's right. Up north gets a lot of snow. Yeah. So that was that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we were thinking about talking about um, our collections in general and. Darb, you were saying that your Star Wars collection specifically is really mm -hmm. focused around one character, um, yeah. the Jawa. Is that right? Yes. You bet. Why don't you go ahead and tell, tell me more about it? This guy came out in 1978, towards the tail end of 1978. Popular mythology has all 12 original figures coming out at the same time. They did not. Uh, the first nine came out and then followed very quickly in the fall of 1978 by the Jawa, the Tusken Raider, and the Death Squad Commander, later the uh, Star Destroyer Commander. So folks remember um, the plastic cape from Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, uh, Princess Leia, that little plastic cape. Mm -hmm. The Jawa originally had one too, and folks at home can't see it, but this is my vinyl cape Jawa from 1979. Um, so this that's was, one of the first Jawas that they made? This is, yeah. So this is, the, this is a loose Jawa, by the way vinyl cape Jawa. I don't have the carded one because I am not a millionaire. Um, <laughs> they carded vinyl cape Jawa, uh, of which they're authentic ones, uh, I would put at less than 30. Um, we'll set you back somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to $50,000, depending on condition. This little guy will set you back something less, but it's a lot more than you think. Um, this guy right now today is worth loose excellent condition folks at home this guy's probably worth about ten thousand dollars um the uh not not bragging or anything but so dark, so where do you live yeah <laughs> <laughs> i live in a box with my toys <laughs> i did not pay ten thousand dollars for my jawa i won't tell you what i paid for him but it was significantly less and i got my jawa in adulthood um, did not have um, this guy as a kid, and I got him from a collector at a time when, um, at the right time, because this was before the sort of, after the Disney sale, um, uh -huh. vintage uh, Star Wars uh, prices skyrocketed out of control, and I acquired my, uh, my serious uh, vintage Star Wars pieces before that and i was very lucky to do that i was very fortunate to do that because if i were to try to do that now if anybody were trying to do that now you'd be in a bit of a problem unless you're one of these folks who won wins the powerball so um so uh if you don't mind backing up a little bit um before we uh, i i just want to ask real quickly about your collection um mm -hmm. you, you said that it focused around the jawa and then You've talked yeah. about the history of the Jawa, but as a child, why was the Jawa your focus of your collection? Um, yeah. Why did you have all the Jawa, the all the Jawa accessories? The 
Short answer is I don't know. Um, I don't know what it is about the Jawa. I was actually uh, at New York Comic Con years ago. I was interviewed for a documentary called Plastic Galaxy, which did not make it into the documentary. But uh, a the gentleman who was responsible, whose name escapes me at the moment, I apologize, uh, who interviewed me there in New York, uh, asked me the same question. Uh, what was it about the Jawa? And I don't really know other than there's just something about him He's one of the simplest and most classic sort of Star Wars designs. He's also, um, I talked about earlier, he shows up in the first 10 minutes. Um, he is the, me, he's the first aspect of Star Wars that's entirely Star Wars. So in the first 10 minutes of that movie, we meet the Stormtroopers, we meet Vader, we meet R2, 3PO, and Leia. And these are all, these, by this point, in 1977, the back of your head is blown off because you've never seen anything like it. But you have seen troopers, you have seen robots, you have seen uh, princesses. You've never in your life seen anything like the Jawa. And the Jawa is not uh, one of those um, sort of classic sci-fi creatures with a rubber mask or in a strange costume. There's something very authentic about him. And that's in just his dress. That's in the way he talks. The Jawa language is the first Star Wars language, native language that you hear. It's one of the most unique. Um, and there's something very guileless about the Jawa in the way that he just sort of uh, kidnaps R2 and later 3PO. And there's something about him, the uniqueness of him, the absolute um, sort of, you know, Jawa doesn't care. He doesn't care about your trouble. He don't care about your princess. He don't care about your Death Star plants. He's got to make bills. He's got to make ends meet. He's got to pay those bills. So he's going to sell you the junky droids. So um, that's interesting because I always yeah. thought that Jawa was the name of the the race, not necessarily a singular figure. So for you saying yeah, he's, that he's, he's really race, unique. Yeah. Okay, so it's yeah, really the, interesting that you're talking about uniqueness, but you know you can't separate one Jawa from another, right? Like how do you discern? you actually can but <laughs> yeah so how do you discern one from another there are there are differences in the dawas particularly in uh a new hope so one of the um the the jawa there's about a dozen jawas in that in that movie and then some of them are all played by um children and and little people some of them are very different though some of them are wearing variations on the costume some of them wear bandoliers there's the uh probably the best known is the tall jawa the tall jawa is slightly bigger than the other ones and he's wearing a uh, orange vest um the kenner jawa is just your basic vanilla jawa there's very little although underneath he has the well the vinyl cape you can see it um he's wearing the bandolier so you know he, he means business um so the, kind of like um, the Ewoks, right? The Ewok and then there's Wicket. Sure. Yeah. The Ewoks were all very at this at this point, George had figured it out. He's like, I'm gonna sell you dudes. So he's like, all the all the Ewoks got like individual names, and there were something like eight uh Ewoks in the original Kenner line, um, including Wicket, of course, being the most famous. Um the Jawa was just the Jawa, but there there were differences, of course. And I just I always liked him. Um he, there was something very unique about him and he's pretty scarce in star wars after that in terms of the films he's in return of the jedi he makes um he's in the he's in the phantom menace and then he's in uh at the very very end of rise of skywalker um and then he's in in the mandalorian but that's the off-world jawa it's a different different class of jawa 
So Wait, did, um, the Jawa in the Mandalorian yeah. is different than the Jawa yes. in the rest so of the Tad the Tatooine Jawa that we that we know and love um is different from the Jawa that we see in the Mandalorian. Um and I forget the name of that planet. Um the Nelvana, maybe Navarro. Um and he is a different Jawa, whereas the Tatooine Jawa is sort of the brown earth color, yellow eyes, the the Mandalorian Jawa gray, dark brown, red eyes. Different different kind of Jawa. Still cool. I don't think I noticed that, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I totally noticed that that episode of uh Mandalorian, by the way, which is the second episode of the first season, when the Jawa <laughs> the Jawas make off with uh all the parts from his ship. And then yep. he goes to the sand crawler. That's the single coolest thing that's happened in Star Wars in the last 35 years. Like that, when he scales up the side of the, the sand crawler, and the, the Jawas are trying to shoot him. He's blowing Jawas away. And then he gets up to the top of it. And then they're all standing there with their guns. He's like, give me back my stuff. And they're like, not really. And they just blow him away. It's like, it's as a Jawa fan, there's, there's nothing better. Um, and so Hasbro, of course, is making uh, the Alfred Jawa later this year. Uh, uh, so they made a six-inch one in the Black Series, but they're, they've taken their time with the four-inch one, so I'll get tons of him. But um, Now, you say six-inch one, that means it's actually about four inches tall? Yeah. So yeah about the half the size of your regular Black Series figure. They do a really good job with the scale. Mm-hmm. Um but the um, but yeah the 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 original Jawa the Jawas in general I just I, I love them and so I sort of made them the focus of my collecting um, and then that sort of led me down a rabbit hole because the Jawa the Kenner Jawa um, in particular um, has some of the kind of mentioned earlier some of the biggest variations and some of the rarest variations in the original line and so just as a collector that really got me into, I wanted to get them if I could. And some of them very, very hard to get starting with the vinyl Cape Jawa. So that was sort of a lifelong thing. And to get him finally was a a fairly major deal. And it was very, um, you have to be very careful with the vinyl Cape Jawa because given his rarity and his, um, the, what would you call it? Sort of mystique around him. Um, there are a lot of fakes. So maybe one thing I could talk about right now is how you figure that out. Um, the, the biggest thing with the vinyl cape Jawa is the vinyl cape. So people can't see it at home, but one thing you can do, uh, folks listening at home is go to a website called 12back.com, which is a great resource for Kenner collectors. And it has a feature on the vinyl cape Jawa that's going to help you out. Uh, in terms of if you decide that this is a guy that you want, I encourage you to go there. So in brief, I'll just say there's a couple of three things that you want to think about when you're looking at the vinyl cape Jawa. The first one is the vinyl cape itself will be the same exact color as the Jawa. Most of the fakes, the most egregious fakes, uh, use the Obi-Wan Kenobi cape. So they take the cape from Obi-Wan, which is a dark brown color. And they cut that and put them on the Jawa and they try to pass that off as an authentic Jawa. It is not. Um, the Jawa is the this Jawa color. The cape is the same color as the actual Jawa. So the, the light brown 
Um, he goes to his ankle, the cape. Uh, fakes will generally go to the foot, although we want to look out for folks who are really good with, <laughs> with a pair of scissors. Um, the the um, armholes on the on the underside of his arm, if you raise his arm, um, the Jawa cape is going to be super snug. Okay, there will be no gap. There will be nothing like that. So it'll be super snug, and it'll be a, should be a little bit of a chore to take off. You don't want to take it off, folks. Um, and then the the other thing is that, and this is the the one that you cannot fake, is um, the inside of the cape, the Jawa cape, and all the vinyl capes have uh, this sort of crosshatch pattern, which they call the zipper. You can't see it, obviously. You couldn't see yeah. it even if you guys are watching us at home. But you can. Yeah, my webcam or my connection isn't that good. Yeah, but you can hear it. And so for a little bit of ASMR, I'm going to tell you guys. So if you have a vinyl cape Jawa and you want to test it, you want to put down your hard-earned dollars. If you hear this, if you scratch the inside of his cape, you hear that little. I uh, did, actually. I, yeah. I did hear it. Okay, if you hear that little zipper sound, that's your man. So um, the fakes don't have that. Um, so those are kind of the big three things to look out. And if you ever come across a carded vinyl cape Jawa, don't buy it sight unseen. That's something that you're going to have to put your hands on and probably going to have to get verified by someone um, you know, who has not real knowledge of the toy and that can authenticate that toy. Um, can you do that through eBay, though? I eBay, I think, would be very difficult. Like, let's say I recently did see a carded vinyl cape Jawa on eBay um, that was selling for an astronomical sum. It was the first one I'd seen really in forever. They're very, very, very rare. Um, and the fakes are generally easy to sort of dismiss. This one was less so. But, like, if I were to actually buy it, if I was in a position to buy it, that I, I wouldn't just be like, you know, buy it now. <laughs> I would be, I would go to, uh, there's a couple people I know, um, uh, collectors, people who'd be able, that I would want to have put eyes on this. So um, physical, like, you know, I would never buy that sort of sight unseen, but they've, if, if you're into that kind of a thing, a loose Jawa, carded Jawa, vinyl cape Jawa, then absolutely have it, have it authenticated third party, someone knowledgeable, reputable, um, and, and be knowledgeable about it because there's we're living we've been living for years now decades in an era of fakes um and there are a lot of great people who are doing a lot of great work and sort of um custom kinner styled figures that are mostly focus on stuff that like kinner never did that's really cool so the the ability to sort of recreate these original guys in detail has gotten much easier so and then the process of distinguishing them from the originals is also much harder so you you bring up a couple of topics and and yeah. uh, there's so many branches that i want to uh, go down with yeah. about the java that's fascinating uh, yeah. but one one thing i'd like to kind of quickly ask about because i think it's interesting about when we're talking about collecting these toys by being a collector and then we talk about eventually we end up talking about the value or how, mm -hmm. how something is how much something is worth or yeah. the money that was spent and the how much it's increased since the time that it's pr produced 
I'll be honest for myself, it's such a, it's an interesting concept because I never bought any of my adult collection of Transformers. I've never bought any of them with the intent of seeing their value go up and then mm-hmm. and, and watching that. Like their value just doesn't really um, enter into my collection. I buy them because I find them fascinating engineering or fascinating characters right. or something like that. Uh, but I do hear that conversation within Transformers, but I hear it more with uh, the Transformer line or the Star Wars line. Yeah, where people talk more about Star Wars figures going up in value. Um, I wonder if you could talk a bit about about that in kind of a general way, like what's going yeah. on in the Star Wars market? What is going on in the Star Wars market? Um, <laughs> the prices, the sort of um, astronomical climb that the prices have been on since 2012 when the sale happened are hard to sort of figure it's not hard to figure that people are looking you know the market's looking to sort of capitalize on the resurgence of star wars but the vintage i don't know if it was just the combination of the sort of new era of people who were coming into collecting with the sale with the disney films and then the sort of the the toys themselves have sort of reached that age now um closing in on 50 years um where they're sort of becoming part of americana and so they're transitioning out of a particular appeal to a person like myself who grew up with these who you know i I picked up my original jawa at uh ben franklin on logan logan avenue in 1978 um to appeal to people who are collecting Americana the way that they do sort of uh, Coca-Cola advertising. So here very quickly, as Star Wars gets older, as Star Wars approaches a century at some point, um, Star Wars collectors or Star Wars toys will be something like that, where their appeal will be appealing to people who aren't necessarily Star Wars collectors or Star Wars fans. They'll be appealing to people who are uh, looking to uh, collect and or sell Americana. So, and Star Wars has a global appeal and a historical appeal. So the value of these things is only going to go up. I don't care much about the value myself. I never, I'm not a, I just collect for me. I, I don't buy or resell or anything like that. Everything I have, I is just for myself. And so like my job was, I would never sell. I get offers sometimes, you know, I have a 12 back, uh, original 12 back Jawa of Jawa, uh, 12 back R2D2 unpunched from uh, 1978, which is worth a pretty penny. I get offers for that whenever I talk about it. Um, I'm never going to sell it. Those original figures, the 12 back figures, and then the, the guys like the Vinyl Cape Jawa who are part of that original line. And then he's, of course, along with the double telescoping figures and blue snaggletooth yak faced um those guys who are just excuse me um, who are just impossible to find super rare even then because the jawa the star the original star wars figures are as expensive as they are the fact is is that there are millions of them right um they were they were super produced there the estimation is that kenner sold something like eight million action figures uh in the 1970s alone 1978 1979 um they so they didn't produce they sold yeah 
So okay. the, there are millions. Now these all got ripped open. They got played with like we talked about before you lose all the parts. So yeah. as you get further away, uh, complete carded box, whatever, good mint examples are harder and harder to find. So th that also goes into the price. Something like the Vinyl Cape Jawa, where the he becomes the subject of, because he's the rare guy, because he's this weird, very like, I have the double telescope in Luke, uh, Skywalker figure, also one of the rare figures, nowhere near as rare as the Jawa but that's worth a lot of money and it's worth a lot of money because he's the double telescoping Luke Skywalker, although he was ubiquitous compared to the Jawa. Um, but the double telescoping figure, because it was so easy to lose, it was two pieces, the telescope, the bottom part uh, very easily fell out. Um, loose examples are hard to find. Um, so the things like that. So I think that's a big reason that you have this crazy thing. And I think the market is a little bit hot. I think it's a little bit inflated, but for the top line of it, the, the high end of it, probably not. I don't, I don't think, you know, so the 12 backs, the super rare guys, that's probably where the market is on some of those. Um, but it depends too, you know, it depends on what you're willing to pay. Um, it's, if you, you know, if you if if you're coming into it, I might have said earlier. If you're coming into it now, I just I you know I I think it'd just be if you're want to aim to get a complete collection, Kenner collection. I think that would be very difficult. Even loose now, like the loose figures. If you wanted all the loose figures, you're gonna you're gonna pay, and that sucks because they're they're great. Um, but that's true of all the '70s '80s lines, the Transformers, the Joes. Um, He-Man, it's some of that stuff is just uh, the G1 Transformers, which we talked about with Optimus Prime, that G1 original Optimus, even though he's been reissued in all these forms so many times over the years, a boxed set of that, that'll set you back. So um, it, it's one of those things. And I don't really much think about the value, although I kind of confront it whenever I take a look at like a vintage piece I don't have, which there are very few vintage pieces I don't have that I want at this stage. And they're that really the only significant example would be a carded vinyl cape jaw, which I'm never going to be able to own. So it's just, it was never going to happen like years ago when I was actively looking for one, never going to happen now. So <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. You know? it, it's also really, to me, it's kind of fascinating to look at or to think about that. The figure's worth or value has yeah. nothing to do with the movie itself. Like uh, Luke Skywalker, one arguably one of the main characters of Star Wars, his figures aren't always more or valued more than, say, for example, Snaggletooth. Like um, it doesn't follow the narrative. Like these background characters are right. worth more. It's what I my take on it is is that like so we talked last week we talked about Boba Fett. Boba Fett in mm -hmm. every incarnation is one of the most expensive Star Wars figures there is, uh, more so than Luke, with the exception of, well, you know what, there's a mail-away Boba Fett in the box is probably worth more than a double telescoping Luke at this point. Um, and that's just because he's Boba Fett. That, that has nothing to do with anything. It's just, he's just Boba Fett, right? Um, the vinyl cape Jawa, the, the mystique around him is just because he's just that rare. 
it's not because the Jawa is some big deal. Most people don't care about the Jawa and just the common Jawa, the regular Jawa is, is a loose example. It's probably one of the more attainable uh, Star Wars figures from the original line. But the sort of what I would call the evergreen figures, characters, R2, Vader, 3PO, Chewbacca, Yoda. These are characters that um, don't age and that are in all aspects of the saga. They're in every era of the saga. Those characters, those, especially Vader, have transmitted into that sense of Americana. And so those figures in particular, I talked about my 12-back R2, um, those examples become more and more appealing to people who are looking to maybe don't have a serious connection to Star Wars the way that I do, but who are looking to sort of uh, cash in on something. So a 12-back Vader, a 12-back R2, things like that are going to be super appealing, you know, in ways that Luke just isn't, even though Luke Skywalker is about as Americana as you get, right? Um, it's just a slightly different thing. Um, but that's my take, which isn't, um, isn't comprehensive because I don't really know. There are big currents within collecting, especially Star Wars collecting. I'm just not part of. So yeah. it just depends. Um, I could go on all day about the, 12 back the weirdness of the 12 back sort of situation but yeah i wanted to i wanted to come back to that as well um can you just briefly describe both for me and for our audience what do you mean by 12 back <laughs> yes what the fuck are you talking about um so the 12 back is this guy here so this is for folks at home who cannot see us i keep i keep showing sugu things um this is my 12 back jawa so the 12 what is the 12 back this is an original kenner Jawa, not the vinyl cave. Um, the 12 back is the so-called because on the back of the card, it features the original 12 figures. So this this is a 12 back from 1978. Um, and so all 12 original figures were issued on this card. There are variations on the back of the card. So there, there are three major ones. So they will, and I'll spare you guys the details, but they will divide into 12 back A, B, and C. Um, uh -huh. this, this is a 12 back a, so this is the original 1978 Kenner Jawa action figure. This will not set you back $30,000, but, um, the, like the vinyl cape one will. And my guy here, my guy's a scrapper. He's a beater like I am. So he, he, he's not in the best shape, but that's okay. But I love him. This was my first 12 back figure that I got, um, carded that I got as an adult collector. So when I decided that I was going to go back and I wanted to get not just the Jawa, uh, he really, I, I was not super interested in a Cardi collection. And then, but I wanted to have the, the Cardi Jawa because he was my favorite guy. And then I got him and then I realized, you know what? I can get the other one. So I did, I got the other, the majority of my other 12 backs and one of the all time greatest scores of, <laughs> of my life. I got them together from a collector who was selling them with the, um, a, uh, a display case uh, a, a shipper they call them that was sold in the retail stores so it was a cardboard display of the 12 x that um they would ship to Woolworths or ben franklin or something you'd open up the back of it and you just put them on the shelf and they would sell it's extremely rare extremely valuable i got this i got the shipper and eight of the 12 backs together for a price which people if they knew it now would, would probably kill me over um the entire hey, please collection. Please don't disclose that price on this show. 
No, I won't do that. Um, but uh, that my 12 back R2 came out of that set. And, and needless to say that the 12 back R2 alone, uh, I had other 12 back unpunched figures in there too, including Princess Leia and the Stormtrooper. Um, it is what it is, but I lucked out. That was probably my best score of all time. Um, so that was at a period before the sale where the prices on were not what they are now. Um, mm -hmm. Another one, other significant carded variation I'll share with you guys. That is one of my favorite pieces and probably, probably for someone like me alone, who's a Jawa collector. Um, this is the Empire Strikes Back Jawa card um, for folks at home. The, the, the thing here is that this is a 21 back Jawa. The 21 back has the 21 figures with Boba Fett. Is this uh, before, the original lineup? Yeah. Okay. So in 1980, they switched over to the Empire Strikes Back. The 30 backs, 31 backs, excuse me, were the first Empire Strikes Back cards. This is a Jawa on a 21 back card, but an Empire logo. This is exceptionally rare. Uh, this particular figure itself, um, one of the rarest pieces. It's not the rarest card, the Jawa variation. That would be the tri-logo Jawa from the very end of the line. Um, that is likely the, the rarest carded version variation. Um, I don't have that. Um, the I wouldn't mind that. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, but uh, so I have all of the carded variations of the Jawa with the exception of the tri logo. Um, and then I have the, I have the, the sand crawler. I have, um, there's two, there were two sand crawlers. There's the Kenner sand crawler that they made. And then they made a version for Sears Canada for Empire Strikes Back, which has the Empire Strikes logo on the box. Super rare, extremely hard to find. I have that. And then so Regal in Canada, Canada, um, extremely rare, um, may as well not exist. Um, it only, adventures probably only to people like me. Um, the, the, uh, Regal, uh, Canadian company made a plus Jawa, the Regal Jawa, super, super rare. I have one of those. Um, those are, I got all of these when, uh, the market was not what it is today. To get any of these today would be a chore. Simply to find them, to, to, to buy them would be <laughs> problematic. So I'm very lucky that I was able to get them when I did. Um, did you go to a con or something like that to get them? Or No. Um, my luck at finding stuff at cons is not great. Although I did get a diecast type bomber at a con for a really good price. Um, the, uh, all of these came from collectors like myself who were selling and I was buying. So I was buying at the right time. People were selling yeah. like right now today uh, for folks who are interested. If, if you're interested in buying vintage Kinder Star Wars, now is a good time to buy. The prices are high, but people are selling and they're selling because of the market. Um, we, we're living in a very distressed economic time. So people are looking to, um, make ends meet any way they can so you're seeing a lot more great kenner stuff come into the market than you have in a while that said the prices are still uh inflated to a point that it is difficult but if you're someone with the motive means and opportunity if there's something in particular you're looking for right now now it's probably a good time to look 
but there's there's so many great stuff but the jawa and then of course hasbro has made jawas uh from the beginning of the modern line i have all of those um there are no there's nothing on the order of the vinyl cape jawa and the hasbro line though um in terms of like rarity or weirdness or anything like that but um yeah, uh, you know coming back to the economics of it i gotta say one thing that's i don't know kind of sad for me to read is uh um sometimes on on forum posts or something like that i'll read about a fellow collector who yeah i just recently had to sell my whole collection so i could make rent I'm like yeah. ouch oh that hurts it, it's tough and i the thing I've had, you know, I, I, I grew up, we talked about this a little bit before, you know, I grew up, I, I didn't, I was poor as dirt. I didn't have any money or anything. So when we got a toy as a kid, that was a big deal. Um, most of my life, I, I, <laughs> I've been at the lower end of the economic scale. Um, it may sound, I've thrown around a lot of figures. It may sound like I, I have, I'm a person who can collect these things. I cannot collect these things at the level that they're at today. I was very, very fortunate to, my uh, economic prosperity intersected with a moment of a relative, uh, uh, they were relatively inexpensive, we'll put it that way. Um, and I just looked at, and I was very determined. I had a goal. My, and I had a very, I had a set of three or four things I really wanted. I was able to get them all. Um, and then I did not, it was not as nearly as aggressive as I should have been. Uh, a smart collector, a collector, or maybe just a purchaser with dollar signs in their head would have in the moment that I was uh, buying these would have bought everything. I just would have bought a complete card of collection. I would have bought everything because it the, the value of them so great today but i didn't think that way i didn't have any predatory instinct or i'm going to flip all these i just i wanted what i wanted i got what i wanted i drifted a little bit outside of that because i was able to score some things that i just i had an opportunity all of a sudden to get things that i i, I you know like the uh, 12 inch the very last 12 inch kenner star wars action figure was ig88 i got an opportunity to buy him for a ridiculous price as an extremely rare figure uh so i got him you're not going to turn it down um sure so i i got him i and i you know things like the droids uh the droid series a wing from 1985 extremely rare piece i was able to get that as well um so i have some of that stuff but i didn't have I didn't have the instinct um, to get everything. I, sh I kick myself sometimes about the carded stuff because part of me would like all of that, but I, that was never my goal um, when I was a collecting. I, I'm a loose collector. And so, although, again, I would make an exception for Vinyl Cape Jawa. So if anybody out there wants to send me one, like if you wanted like a P.O. Box, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, hey, both of us are willing to take donations, you know. Yeah, yeah, donations. But you know, coming, coming, or continuing on, uh, one thing that I think might be helpful for for our audience maybe um, is just how to to get collecting when we're talking about rarity and prices that are yeah. prohibitive to get started. Like how how do you get started? And you know, you mentioned <laughs> um, other collectors buying and selling. And, you know, in the Transformers world, I've heard the same thing. Like, I've been told by several people, 
get involved with the transformer community on Facebook, get involved yeah. with the transformer community on social media. And they're yeah. almost always trading or buying and selling um, yeah. different, different ones that are part of your collection. I, I mean, that's great. I'm really glad that that market exists and that community exists. I, one, I don't know how to get anything to me from the communities that I would watch. Like, that's really hard. Um, and the other thing is, what do I part with? I, I can't look at my collection and go, right, you I'm willing to sell. You I'm willing to, to get rid of. All of them have yeah. some sort of sentimental, uh, sentimental meaning to me. Well, in terms of starting with Star Wars now, I think the most important thing is what do you want? You have to ask yourself if you're a brand new uh, collector into vintage Kenner Star Wars, you are walking into a, a world that is going to be very inhospitable to you in terms of uh, price, right? Um, so you, I think you have to go into it with a very specific idea of what you want. You have to go in, you have to educate yourself because it is a, a complicated um, pro, uh, field with a lot of history and a lot of ins and outs. There are a lot of great resources, 12back.com, Star Wars Collectors Archive, maintained by Gus Lopez, um, is another one. Go read up on them. And it, one, it's just great fun because it, there's so much great lore involved in these. Uh, especially just about Kenner itself. Um, they, so read up on those. And then if there's something, if you were like me and you're like, I want Jawas, well, find out about the Jawas. Then you're, you know, if you're brand new, you're going to be very disappointed because you're going to realize that some of the stuff I've been talking about just simply isn't obtainable or, or maybe it is for you. In that case, like I said earlier, if you're going to do something like that, like I literally at this point, if I if I had the, the opportunity to buy a carded Vinyl Cave Jawa, if I could somehow magically produce the funds to do that, and one came my way, I would want to talk to someone like Gus Lopez. I'd want to talk to someone. I got my double telescoping Luke. I got through Bill McBride, who's a major Star Wars collector and a great guy. Um, I wouldn't buy anything on that scale without talking to Bill McBride. So... I would want to have eyes on it. I'd want to have third party. I'd want to have verification. Um, that's at the high end of the scale that we're talking about. Um, but if you're looking, you know, if let's say you have a goal, you want to buy all the 12 backs, go read up on them, take a look at you. You'll find them at cons. If we ever get back to cons, um, you'll find them, you'll find them on eBay. Um, you should be very cautious on eBay. Um, and then just sort of network. There are a lot of groups. There's the big change in Star Wars collect in collecting period over the last 10 years or so has been like Facebook. So it used to be like collector forums and I've been part of collecting my entire life, but I've been part of forums um, for 25 years or more. Yeah, um, sure. But that has shifted towards uh, social media and towards um Facebook groups and things like that. I can't speak to any of that because I'm not part of any of that. And, and I don't, I don't know 
how any of that is governed. I don't know who's all in that. I know, I know one thing that comes out of it is a lot of disinformation because people come out of it and they're asking or they're talking about things that just aren't, they don't exist. So, but that's also a product of the fact that we're getting further and further away from the source. So as these, as we get older, as the toys get older, there's a lot and more new people come into it. There's a lot of misunderstandings, which is why it's so important to educate yourself um, and, and know exactly what they are. Because if you're, if you somehow, if you, let's say next year, you walk into New York Comic-Con or San Diego Comic-Con, you walk up to a booth and your man has a vinyl cape Jawa for $35,000 and you're like sold, <laughs> don't buy it, educate yourself. Uh, you know, especially like we talked about Boba Fett last week, the rock firing Boba Fett. Um, uh, I believe I talked about there was one that sold at the 2011 Comic Con through Jordan Himbro. That's another person, Jordan. If if um, if I was going to authenticate someone, I'd probably drop him an email. I'm sure he would probably be very happy to respond with with some sort of insight. So, um. It, be very careful buyer beware for sure yeah um one one piece of advice that i've been told over and over and i actually have seen this in action uh with for myself as well is don't start collecting with an eye to make money um no, it's just never. not gonna happen you're uh, never gonna make money so you know like i think there are a lot of you know this like there are a lot of people today who are buying into star wars and other things to to make money um if you you might make money if you buy a thirty thousand dollar vinyl cape jawa and you might like 10 20 years from now that will be worth probably a hundred thousand dollars right but the other stuff no you're not going to make any money don't put down that don't go into it for that i hope you don't because it's for me it's about the love it's about the story so but you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I, I should say this right away. I'm not judging people who do, but mm-hmm. um, I don't understand buying a box and sitting on it on the hopes that it would uh, increase in value. Like yeah. you buy a toy, right? And that toy it's... should come out and it should be played with or messed with a little bit you did why buy just the box then you're then you're basically a storefront without the license right which you know i suppose you know it, it's investing and so there's a little bit of that you're investing in something i get that but this never works and there's a, a long trail of tears here with um speculators moving through toys through comic books through baseball cards and what do they do? They leave this this big path of ruin behind them because they all mm-hmm. buy into this thing. The value goes up and then they make money for a minute. And then the, the market crashes, the bubble bursts. And toys have been through that a few times. Uh, vintage toys, Star Wars, Transformers, Joes are sort of uh, insulated against that. I, I don't think there's ever, they're sort of bulletproof when it comes to that because the prices are such, but um but you do have a little bit of inflation, I think, in the prices right now. The problem with that is, is the further you get away from it, that that, it, that sort of becomes irrelevant because those prices are going to be at what they are. They're never going to go down. Let's say you're you're never going to get um, your vinyl cape Jawa. We've been talking about the carded one for thirty thousand dollars is never someday going to be on the market for ten. It's just going to keep going up and up and up. 
different other pieces you know sort of like there are some return of the jedi pieces in particular you can find boxed carded examples in great condition because there's so many of them they just they printed those like they're going out of style in 1983 because they were so you they're out there you can find them you start going back in time to empire to star wars you're in trouble but so stuff like that will go up and down like you can get if you have, let's say you have a hundred dollars in your pocket and you want to burn it on something vintage star wars buy something with return of the jedi on the, on the front of it and you'll get something really really nice you'd be really happy you can put it on your desk you can put it on your shelf and you can tell people about it so it depends on what you want um and it depends so would on you what you recommend keeping it in the in the packaging it depends don't do, okay <laughs> folks folks at home if you buy a boxed carded star wars figure from kenner from the 1980s do not open it now unless you because if you want a loose example you can find one and you can find one very affordably do not do something <laughs> where you open a uh, uh any of it now and you are basically defacing art so don't do it this is your PSA for this episode. It's funny. It reminds me of that movie, Brewster's Millions. You remember that movie? Yeah. And uh, so the premise of Brewster's Millions is his uncle passed away and gave him an inheritance. of yeah. uh, I think it was $1 million in 1980s money. And he had to spend uh, uh, $1 million in one month in order to get something like 50 million dollars for the rest of his life yeah. and there were some conditions as well like he couldn't buy something he couldn't uh own anything with that money that he spent um, and he couldn't just give it away either right he couldn't give it away uh so he had to think of creative ways to spend the money without actually acquiring anything and to me one of my favorite things that he did was and it's it only works in a movie. I think if I saw this in real life, I would cry, but um, he bought a postage stamp, like one of the rarest postage stamps in the world. It was a, a misprint of a plane that was upside down. He bought it and the, the people who are watching it were like, oh, I guess he didn't understand the rules because he just bought something with his, with his money, except he used that postage stamp to send a postcard to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's i love that movie richard Pryor. um the that yeah you have to know what you're doing with the money and in these kind of things it's sort of i i sort of feel bad for people who are coming into it new um you know uh because it's sort of it's sort of impossible at this stage if you if your ambition is like for a lot of us you know you just want everything you want to have those great carded figures you want to have the box stuff you want to have this you want to have that it becomes impossible so it's more about finding a niche sort of curating your collection and sort of curating your experience um and finding what makes you happy as you know i sort of i settled around the jawa he was just my guy um so finding a you know that's in a very unfortunately turned out to be a very expensive proposition, but that's not the case with everything, you know, because not every character or aspect of Star Wars collecting hat ends in a in a path like the vinyl cape Jawa. And the same is true with the Transformers and Joes. There are 
although I actually I won't get into the Joes, but that you're you're in for a world of hurt if you want to yeah. go get a complete uh, 80s Joe collection. But um, the uh, I just wrote an article the other day on some of the most ex- uh, rarest and expensive Joes. Good lord! Um, but the the it's yeah, it's about what you want and, and what you want to do, what you can afford. Don't ever do something that you can't do. Like I've known collectors who they uh, they mo- they want the bragging rights for making themselves poor, and it's like that's not how you do it. It's not how you do it. Like you know, it's like you know, if you're sleeping in your like I said, <laughs> I said earlier about sleeping in my box with my toys. If you're that guy, like that's you're not doing it right. Like it's not. You know, pay rent it first. Never pay your bills thing. first. Pay rent. Don't 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 lose your job or don't max out the credit cards. You know, purchase responsibly, and and it's about. And I think the other thing too, real quick, is the you know there, YouTube's been a great resource. There's a lot of great YouTubers, and maybe I'll put some in the links here, uh, to the podcast. Um, but I think what happens today too is people see these amazing collections that people have on youtube and they show off and they show the rooms and you know that these are immaculate gorgeous collections these are also collections that are in the most part the product of an entire lifetime of collecting Mm -hmm. and that that is something that um if you were to start out today from scratch you probably should not even entertain but unless you're a millionaire in which case have at it but yeah, I, um, I can definitely tell you with my collection, um, a lot of people, when I show my collection to, they're like, that's so many transformers. You have so many, that must have cost a fortune, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it's taken me what closer to a decade to get this level. And then I have another five years behind me that's still back in America. <laughs> it's like you know you, you're sort of uh you sort of uh bowled over when you start thinking about it you know like i said I'm, i've been collecting all my life and the balance of my uh kenner stuff is stuff i bought it as an adult but um the it, it's stuff i've acquired over the years so you're talking 30 over 30 years now and um if you were to look at it in total, you would probably be like, oh my gosh, but it that it took a long time to get there. And my collection um, is nothing like on the order of some of the things that you'll see on YouTube. I don't have those kind of uh, uh, holy shit, like, you know, some of these guys with their cases. And I'm really always impressed by the folks who like collect across all the lines. Like they're guys who have star wars they have turtles they have transformers they have joes they have superpower they have everything i don't know how that's even possible <laughs> yeah but, but all i can yeah. say is wow all yeah. i can say is wow yeah but yeah. even today like if you're collecting everything like I, I like just modern stuff i don't know how you do that either i know people who do but i don't know how you do it yeah i i don't either um we we got to wrap up here uh but one kind of last question that I have for you and um, you, you, we kind of touched on it earlier, but when did you start focusing your collection around the Jawa and what exactly do you mean by your collection is focused around the Jawa? 
Um, the when did I start? It would have been in the early '90s, um, as I, um, I was a kid, and then I fell out of collecting. There's a point where I was too cool. I was too grown up to be a toy collector. And then in the early 90s, I got back into it because face facts, kids, I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> I got back into it. And it was about that point. This might have been a little bit prior to the special editions. Um, I, I, so that would have been the point where I was like, you know, I, I'm, I love the Jawa. I want to get back. I want to get the Jawa stuff as I can. And that was the point at which um, even in 1994, let's say, I realized the depth of my problem relative to the expensiveness of some of the Jawa stuff. That was so 25 was years ago. Choice. It, it very. And so from about that point, um, I had known from when I was a kid what the Vinyl Cape Jawa was. The Vinyl Cape Jawa was something of a, there's a little bit of mythology around the Jawa. And it wasn't until the 90s that even, I would say, most collectors became aware that he existed because that's how rare he was. It was similar to Yak Face. Yak Face is the very fast last figure in the line that was not available in the States. He's only available outside. Um, and most people were not aware of him until um, a lot of people came back into Star Wars in the 90s. Is that um, his name literally Yak Face? Yak Face. Um, so he uh, he was intended to be in the uh, in the line in the States, but the line got canceled before he was only available outside um the rarest uh figure here in the states not particularly rare don't let people tell you otherwise not particularly rare outside of the states um but he's a star wars figure with a ton of mythology behind him so he's going to cost you a pretty penny um the um so from then on with the jawa and then by focus i mean um i so i sort of collect all things jawa so if, if it's a Jawa, I'm probably looking for it. So like just recently, so I was talking earlier about the Mandalorian, the off-world Jawa and the Mandalorian. So the there are these little um, little plush guys that they do for the Mandalorian, and one of them is the Jawa. So I bought it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, shit like this. So I have, <laughs> I have a. Uh, I have a lot of weird Jawa knickknacks. I have a, a, a ceramic bank that someone cast from the original Kenner Skywalker. It's one of a kind. It's a gorgeous <laughs> it's a piggy bank. Um, I have uh, stuff like that. If it's a Jawa, I have it. Um, so, and a lot of people are like Bill McBride. Um, we talked about him earlier. Uh, Bill is uh, sort of generally known to be like the biggest Darth Vader collector in the world. Bill has been on Good Morning America to talk about his collection which includes an original Darth Vader costume from A New Hope. Um, so some people focus, some people are building with bread and some people are me. So I have, I have, this is it folks. This is my Vinyl Cape Jawa. So um, it's, it depends. Like, so some people like you, you're um, optimist, I would say probably to focus your collection. Uh, actually, no, it's, it's no? kind of interesting. Um, I would not put Optimus Prime as the focus of my collection. Uh, he's definitely probably the character that I had the most of. Sure. But the focus of my collection has uh, become the masterpiece line. Um, yeah, I am. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting, too, because like for you, the focus of your collection became a character, which means that you've 
taken your collection outside of the of the four inch figures that you're collecting and you've got plushies and you've got everything that's now connected to the character um but for me my collection has has very much stayed focused within the masterpiece line so if someone makes a third party or a, a official version of a masterpiece transformer chances are i'll probably buy it um, yeah. i have triple dipped into jazz i have triple dipped or even quadruple dipped now into rc um oh, and nice. that's why i have so many optimus primes because they keep making masterpiece optimus primes <laughs> what, what can you do <laughs> i mean what else am i going to do except buy them you, you got to do it it's like if they if, this, if they if they make a java figure i'm going to buy it so it doesn't really matter um you know at this stage but you're and you're like what's different about the java let me tell you um so yeah can you imagine a java transformer crossover that's you know they made what was it to it was about maybe 10 15 years ago they had sort of a star wars they had those star wars crossover yeah. star wars transformers crossovers and as well as um marvel they had yeah. marvel transformers crossovers they they um, did a lot of really cool ones but they missed an opportunity with the sand crawler um yeah they made it they could they could have made a java yeah. i would have bought that i would have <laughs> bought it so yeah, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Um, unfortunately, we got to kind of cut it short this time. Uh, but stay tuned for next week when we keep on talking more. <laughs> more toys. Yeah. So, Darb, you want to send us off? Yeah. So, folks, uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, if you want to uh, find out more about me and my extracurricular activities, you can find me on my website, uh, darbyharn.com and on Twitter at darbyharn. And Sugu, you can find through me. So if you want to send <laughs> me um, a card of Anka Java, you can send it to me. Or if you want to send any Transformer stuff to Sugu, you can send that to me as well. Yeah, so, and if anyone has any questions about our collections, specifically for me, because, you know, uh, I'm speaking... Um, yeah, just ask Darb if you want to see pictures of my collection or anything like that. And I'm happy to take pictures or, or send whatever uh, along the way. Absolutely. All right, so we'll leave it there until next week. And uh, everybody stay safe, stay warm, take it easy.